Welcome back to another episode of the Kitman Podcast. My name is Rohan, and as always, I'm joined by Dillette and Owen. How are you guys? Doing lovely. Doing nifty. Doing just yeah. fantastic. That's awesome. I'm glad to hear it. We have a very exciting episode for you guys. There's a lot that's happened recently in the soccer world, but let's kick it off with City Liverpool. Dillette, what are your thoughts? Probably one of the highest quality games we've seen in a while. Yeah. I think it ar- it also raised the question of who's the best player in the league. I want to know your guys' thoughts it? on this. Because I, I, think think I think it's Salah. I, in the league, I would have to agree. Owen? Yeah. Well, Kate- I'd say in terms of form, Salah. I don't even know if it's in terms of form anymore. You think, you really? think De Bruyne beats him over the last... Because they got to the league around the same time, right? Around maybe like within a year, seventeen, sixteen ish. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I think so. Salah's been here four years. De Bruyne's, I think maybe five. Five. Yeah. Yeah. Around the yeah, same time. I, I just think no one else in the world can do what De Bruyne does, and that's what makes him the best player. At least when it comes to the Premier League, I'm not gonna say in the world because Messi is still alive and mm-hmm. playing. But um, I would say he. De Bruyne is the best in the league, but at the moment, Salah is the best in terms of form. Fair. Yeah. What do you guys think of uh, Bernardo Silva in the first half to let? I know you were a big fan. Yeah, bro. He's, he's crazy. That's not fair what he does to, to people, man. Had Van Dyke as well. Had Virgil dancing. Yeah. Who, who was your man of the match for the game? I, I want to know. Oh, for me, it was Salah. Easy. Salah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I'll cut that out. Uh, let's move over to Newcastle United, recently being bought by Saudi Arabia. Uh, Dillette, what are your thoughts on that? Dude, honestly, it feels like it feels like the Super League. Super League. Yeah, like how so? Like the we like everyone. I I wanted the Super League, but everyone fought for. Yeah, do you remember on our podcast or on our emergency Super League episode? Oh, because of Arsenal. Yeah, and it would be cool, even other than Arsenal. But, but yeah, no, I, I, it's just weird that, like, I don't know. Everyone was fighting for the Super League not to happen. And the, the Prem's basically the Super League, though. I disagree. I mean, I, I say we give it a couple more years before every, every club is, like, a 200 million pound, or not 200 million pound, like 500 million pound lineup. Yeah, I can see that. No, because no one's going to take over... Like Newcastle was in perfect condition to be bought. You have an owner, Mike Ashley, who's disinterested with a club who's looking to sell. You have a club with some history, at least domestically. You have a fan base, a very, very large fan base, especially in the north. So it is a big club, I would say. It, it, it was a perfect condition to be bought. No one's going to come in and splash $20 billion, or. A net, so no one with a net worth of twenty billion is going to come in and buy like Crystal Palace. I, I, I personally don't see that happening. That's exactly what happened with Man City. That's true, but I feel like that's an anomaly. Like that's not going to happen that often. I mean, I guess it, it's not like billionaires don't already own all the clubs. I just think that within the next couple of years, it'll take a lot more to compete, just financially, because everyone's already spending. You know, you even have like teams that just escape relegation in the next season, spend $40 million on one player. 
like the, so what the are your third. thoughts on newcastle being bought in terms of the rest of the league oh i think it's sick dude new new brown owners in that's sick <laughs> that's sick owen i think it's the signing they needed to put them at the top <laughs> Yeah, no player, no players having this kind of cultural impact on Newcastle. Yeah, you see all the all the all the British guys outside the stadium with the uh, Saudi with clothing. Like, yeah, with all the Saudi clothing on, they have like turbans and like the white, the all white <laughs> outfits on. And there's not one player in the world who could do that. I would say, in terms for the rest of the league, it's bad news. I mean, you realize that Man City or the new Newcastle owners. Their net worth is three hundred billion more than that of Man City's. Man City's Sheikh Mansour's net worth is twenty-three billion. Saudi Arabian fund is sits at three hundred and twenty billion dollars. So I would be concerned because no one wants to go to Newcastle per se. Like it's not a big market. Yet. If that makes Yet. sense. No one. It, it's not like United. It's not like Liverpool. It's not like Chelsea or Arsenal where they have history. They can say, hey, you know. We're still Newcastle. Like everyone's going to be like, so what? A player would be attracted to Man United because of the history, because of the culture, because of the stadium. So they're going to have to pay a a premium just to get the players to Newcastle. B, they're going to have to pay. They're going to be able to pay so much more money for these players that the rest of the league is left catching up. I mean, the rest of the league is already left catching up to Manchester City because they spent a hundred million on Jack Grealish. Newcastle was only bought for $300 million. So that also a little bit of concern. And I will say the two reasons that Newcastle was not bought last year was one, BN Sports, which is the televising network in Saudi Arabia, was on a four-year ban. So they couldn't stream the game. They couldn't stream Premier League games. So it didn't make financial sense for the Premier League to allow this, this, this club to be bought. Secondly, there were lots of human rights violations against Saudi Arabia. Gay marriage is also illegal in Saudi Arabia. And that's what the Premier League said was the second reason that uh, Newcastle shouldn't be bought. Well, this year, that four-year ban is over on BN Sports. So it makes financial sense for the Premier League to buy Newcastle. However, those human rights violations still stand. I don't think, that, I don't think those issues ever concerned anyone actually that that like is like making premier league i don't think that really concerned anybody there you look at the world cup the world cup is has like some of the most inhumane working conditions like the last 50 years it's still happening in saudi arabia it's not really nothing's really happening yeah no i'd agree i don't think other teams need to worry too much it'll be like so like you know how PSG they they got bought up and then like obviously if you want to live in Paris like if I'm a if I'm a player like they pay me a bag to go live in Paris I'm not complaining. Newcastle is gonna be a little bit harder to get people to come to, even outside the brand. It's like no one no one wants to live in Newcastle. That's what I'm saying. Like if if you get like a good let's say Italian player over to Newcastle, you're gonna entice you're gonna have to entice him with like 25 million more to just go live in Newcastle. Yeah. That's an interesting one. Even outside of all that, too, I think it'll it'll be like genuinely like seven years minimum before they're actually challenging for like titles. Seven years, really? Yeah. You also have to consider Newcastle could very well get relegated. This yeah, year. this season, which I actually think that'd be better for them if they get relegated this season. That'll probably Why? be better. 
just because they they won't have like any pressure. Like no no one will be thinking where's Newcastle because they'll be in the championship. They could just actually get like a good system going for a season, come to the prem, get like now that they're fully adjusted with this new team. Once they spend all that money. The thing is, if they get relegated, is Antonio Conte gonna, uh, who is rumored to, to be taking over for Steve Bruce, is he gonna want to manage in the championship? Probably not. So they're gonna have to scrap everyone that they have in the championship when they, if they make that next step up to the Premier League, if they get relegated this year. Yeah, I'm sure they could find like a good, good transition coach that would take the job, that could build them up a decent squad to get taken over. Very possible. Well, this episode is titled Top 10 Youngsters in the Premier League. So let oh, take well, I'll take it from here. All right. Oh, me, I, w- I will mention this is, this is U21, not U25. Oh, it's actually U20. 20 and under. Because Rohan... Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, Rohan saw players that were 21, and they said, no, that's not young enough for me. I like them younger. So here we are with our list of 20 and under from the Premier League. From me, Rohan, Josh, and Owen. Sadly, Josh cannot be with us today. You saw the TikToks. He is dead. R.I.P. Josh. (laughs) All right. Notable notable exclusions from the list. We'll start with Nico Williams. Didn't make the list, sadly. It's all right. And I think the other one was Ahmad Diallo. Those are the two that didn't make our list. Two notable ones. Actually, looking through this, not one of us voted for him. Not, <laughs> not even Josh did as a United fan. But I don't think Josh knows who Ahmad Diallo is. I barely know who he is either. I, I saw him like score a header once in like the Europa League. This is my first time hearing the name. <laughs> hey man, that's all, all we need to say about him then. All right, into, into number 10 on our top 10. We're starting with Brian Gill, Tottenham ace. What are our thoughts, guys? Brian Gill's 10th? Yep. Wow. Damn. Oh, our haters. Is. Where'd you I had him sixth. You had him sixth? Yeah. I mean, he just creates literally so many shots. He puts the ball into the box. He crosses a lot. He literally forces the ball into the penalty area. Like, he is a chance creation machine. And he will. So, so my criteria for this was, how are they now? Where do I see them in the future? So, I, think, I don't think Brian Gill is excellent now or anything, but I do think he has a very, very bright future as, like, that midfielder who can create a lot from a wide area. I could definitely see him becoming a great player. But, place for Spurs. Had to stick him at 10th. You stuck him at that 10? Yep. Damn. I, okay, I, I, haven't he much, plays... I haven't seen much of him either, to be honest. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Owen? Um, I had him at 8th. Um, my bottom, like, 7 were kind of, like, interchangeable. I mean, my bottom 4, sorry. 7 through 10 are kind of, like, interchangeable. But I just have him at 8th. Um, I only did where I see him now. I didn't look for the future much, the criteria. Fair enough. That's fair. All right, into number 9. We've got we got Michael Olise. Okay, I can live with that. I can also live with that. I don't mind him getting number nine. I yeah. think I, I think I had him at ninth. Anyways, I had him in seventh, I believe. Oh, actually, oh, I, I lied. I lied. He's tied for ninth and eighth. 
with with another name, one that I had pretty high up on my list, Gabriel Martinelli. Okay. Um. So first, I'll say Michael Elise. Tom, he is one of my favorite youngsters. I mean, he can hold on to the ball, dribble, break lines, dribbling or passing. Um, he scored for Palace, I believe, last game. I mean, he creates a lot of chances as well. Uh, when you put him against other midfielders, just in general, statistically, he stacks up very, very well, especially considering his age. Gabriel Martinelli. So I know, I know Delette's not happy with this. Um, I had him ninth. and I see that. I, <laughs> I'll say the way Arsenal play and their form has definitely pushed him down this list as well as injuries. So I haven't been able to see him enough in the Premier League. And when he has played in the Premier League, at least since that Chelsea goal, he has had injuries, right? So he hasn't... Yeah, he had his first great season once he moved here from Brazil, where he scored, I think, around 11 or 12 goals across. It It was like 10 in Europa League. Or ten, maybe maybe eight in Europa League, three in the Prem, something like that. But then after that, he had a, a bad bad knee injury, and he's like, he like just came back a couple months ago, or a couple weeks ago. Yeah, so that's the thing is like I haven't been able to see a lot of him. While I think he has potential, which is what I said was like one of my criteria for rating. At the moment, I haven't been able to see anything from him that is that that makes me want to put him above the other players above him. See, mate, I. Other than you know that top that top bunch like the top three players that we probably all had around the same area, Martinelli's the only one who's actually gone a full season and had a good season at the top level. And Europa League isn't so like some joke at least compared to where everyone else on this list has played before. You know, most of these guys just came up from Championship or loans in like Scotland and stuff like that. Whereas Martinelli has actually had a full good season at at one of the highest levels you can play at. Where I I would argue he's up closer, much closer to the top five than he is to the. That's a fair point, but again, it was the injuries. It's the way Arsenal play that he's not going to be. He he's he's not going to be able. He would fit in better, I would say, at a different club. Yeah, I think with the way we're playing now, it doesn't really make much sense for him. He's I think he's better unless he you know adapts to play striker to a real real complete player. I don't I don't see much of a future for him. In the current Arsenal setup, that was also my thing. Is you guys have stuck with Arteta, or what seems like, you know, pretty confidently, Arsenal have stuck with Arteta. So if Martinelli stays under Arteta, he is not going to reach his potential whatsoever. Yeah, I don't think so. I think he needs to. He'd probably do good with the move, or at least. Uh, I mean, we haven't seen playing over here though, so who knows? Who knows the player he is now? But which I'll, is also my point. Oh, what, what do you mean? Oh, that you haven't seen him play in a year? Yeah, that I, I mean, haven't seen him play. Uh, yeah, you haven't seen Brian Gill play in a year up until two weeks ago. Yeah, no, that's true. But I mean, coming from La Liga, he had good numbers. I don't know, man. I'm taking, I'm taking the standard of, of Prem and Europa League over La Liga. But I, I understand the, the logic there, you know. But also, last time Martinelli was playing, Arsenal weren't completely terrible. We still did finish it eighth with it which is bad but he was a part of the team that won the fa cup last time he was fit oh, okay all right straight into number number seven 
Actually, that we did do seven. Six. Billy Gilmore. I support this. Yeah. Wait, six? Wait, who was seven? Ten, nine, eight. Seventh. Okay, that's more like it. Okay, okay. I was about to say. Little mishap. I'm adding numbers now to my list. Help me keep track. But yeah, Gil- uh, Gil- Gil- seven? Gilmore, seventh? Seems, it seems about right. Seems about right. I had him eight. He's a quiet player, though, so I I, I don't think I, I don't think he could do much. Yeah, I don't know what he could do to like really break up higher. He's a tidy yeah, midfielder, he is a though. Player. Yeah, I mean, but he is a like I'd say a complete box to box who is like very very secure in possession. Like he's a hard man to get off the ball, especially in that England game of the Euros. I mean, he was probably the best player on that for Scotland. Yeah, yeah, yeah in that game. No, he, even like for England, I'd say he was. The, like a, he, he was probably the man of the match, I'd say. I mean, he played a really, really good game. Like he was winning the ball, he was dispersing the ball, he was letting it go at the right times, he was holding on to possession, and that's what he's kind of doing for Norwich a little bit. Yes, Norwich sucks, so it's hard for him to do anything, but I, I, I still think he has a decent future. Um, I yeah, se- seven I'd say is just about right. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. I don't think he'll go out to make a name for himself in the league. He's going to just go down as an average play. He's not bad. Yeah. I, I could definitely see him being a a top-tier quiet player, you know? He'll get in there. He might even be best in this position, but he'll never get, you know, the the credit that he might deserve. One of those types of players. All right, in at, in at sixth, we've got Wesley Fofana. Sixth? I feel like that's a bit harsh on him. Why do you guys hate center backs? Saying that, I also have him. Um, oh no, I had him fifth. I had him fourth. I mean, I who did it? Was it, was it Owen or Josh? I could leave that We found the culprit. Well, yeah, what did like Owen that. do? If y'all haven't realized, Owen has a refrigerator for a Wi-Fi router. <laughs> uh, I can translate. He um. He thought he thought Fofana was too old. It was on the list. Delete. I need a translation. I actually can't translate, so I, I think we might have to move on. Okay. Um. Yeah. What I what I will say about Fofana is, aside from Owen having an agenda against him, he's uh, a necessity <laughs> to the Leicester backline. Uh, I've talked about him several times. He's an efficient defender. Even drives forward with the ball now and then. Very good in possession. Huge fan of him. Oh, word just came in. Owen, yeah, Owen just hates the guy. There's really nothing oh, else yeah. to it. Oh, yeah. yeah, I see that in the group chat. Yeah, I yeah. see that. Owen is now reconnecting. So, uh, who'd we have at fifth? Got Harvey Elliott. Harvey Elliott at fifth? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Fifth? I think everyone actually had him fifth. Uh, Owen had him fourth. Josh had him third. <laughs> Oh, you had him 10th, Rohan. I think you had him rated the lowest. Yeah. I mean, he's like a really good player, but 5th? I think it's more of a potential thing, you know? Before, yeah, before the injury, yeah. he, he was looking real good. Him and uh, another guy on the list looked like they could be uh, real long-term, long-term solutions for Liverpool. Is it him and 
Curtis. Curtis Jones. Crazy that you say that. Going into number four on our list, we actually don't have Curtis Jones. We got Callum Hudson Adoy. Oh, you, little, you almost you almost fell for it. Little catfish. There. I thought that was going to be a cool transition. That was a nice transition. Almost we nice have transition. Callum Hudson Adoy. You, yeah. you said four, fourth. Yeah, in a fourth, fourth, fourth. Yeah. Okay. All Just right, ahead no, of Harvey Elliott. I'm happy with that. I I stuck him in at third. I had him like seventh. Wow. How come? Yeah. I don't know. Every time I watch him, he gets the ball and he tries to do something, but then it, it doesn't work. That, that's like the simplest way I could put it. It just doesn't work. <laughs> like he's always trying really? to do something, but he's either like just turn, like he just turns back. It looks real. I accurate, see the though. opposite. I see the op- see especially it. statistically. I see the opposite. In, in against other wingers, he's one of the most efficient dribblers. No, I'm not. I'm not talking about his dribbles. I'm saying I've seen him get the ball. Go directly at the at his player, maybe even beat them, but just like nothing really ever happens of it. Really? Yeah. His passing, his crossing and passing stats are really good in the attacking third too. I'm talking about uh his on the field antics, you know? Oh, I know. Which, I think I know what you mean. Yeah, like yeah. not not stats. Like he's like, trying to be too crafty. Maybe maybe too crafty. Yeah, maybe, uh, I wouldn't even say too crafty. I, I just never see him like like do do anything like i every time i watch him he's trying to do something which never really works out what i enjoy about callum hunt and is his possession he does not lose the ball very yeah very he doesn't yeah he doesn't lose the ball that's, that's like also something yeah it might not work out but like he'll just you know a little pass back to the wing back so oh i, I but you have to also consider you know that's the way tuchel plays is like don't lose the ball yeah real conservative well, yeah, real conservative approach defensively and offensively. So, so he is going to be good in possession. But no, I, I just think like really good crafty player creates some chances here and there. Uh, a lot of pass to assists. So I like him. Pace, step over King. Yeah, so step overs. They, they don't, oh, quite, you're um, don't quite do it for me. All right, Delight, who do we have in at number? Number three into our top three. It gets it gets tied around here in our total point system. Oh really? There's only four points from third to first. Oh, I think it's I know a tight how. race, real tight race up here. All right. I'm um, looking through everyone's list. Uh, other than Owen, this was a um, everyone had the same top three, or at least like three players, you know. And in that third, we have Curtis Jones. Third, really? Yeah. I think he's the best one on this list. As you stated in your list, you have him first. I'd like to hear why. One, I think just a natural Genie Wijnaldum replacement. That's why Liverpool probably didn't go out and buy anyone. He's an accurate, forward-thinking midfielder. He breaks lines. He pushes the ball. He controls tempo fairly decently. Yes, it is partially because he has Thiago next to him who controls tempo. Throws a couple thumbs-ups here and there. But, no, I think he's just like... Great in possession. He's smart. He can shoot from outside the box. He has good runs into the box. He disperses well to the wingers. And then he plays well off of Firmino or Jota, depending, depending whoever's in. Uh, he's very forward-thinking. I like that in a box-to-box center mid, especially the way Klopp plays. So I think, yeah, he's a natural Wadnaldum replacement. That's probably why Klopp didn't go out and spend any money, because they have Curtis Jones. Yeah, and I also think 
on the other players out of this list, he, he or, in my opinion, Sokka will have the best career. You think so? I do. All right. Well, I mean, just to let the listeners know, the other, the other players that he was comparing them to was Sokka and Greenwood that are above him. But Curtis Jones, you think he'd, you think he'd have a better career than Greenwood? When I, every time I watch him, he, he's never had a bad game. You think against City he had a good game? <laughs> he didn't have a bad game. I don't think he had a bad game either. It wasn't good, though. But, you know, that, that Liverpool midfield just looked rough in general. He was probably yeah. the best midfielder out of their three, to give him credit. Yeah, and it was partially because they stuck James Milner over at right back. So then as soon as City got the ball, they were just pressing their midfield to win it, put it out to Foden. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like Curtis Jones. Um, no, nothing, nothing to take away from him. I just don't think he's better than the other two. Fair enough. Yeah. Who was second? Second for us. It's a big decision here. Arsenal or Man United? Saka or Greenwood? If Greenwood is not second, I'm going to be upset. Greenwood is second. You're correct. Okay. All right, I'll take that. Adam fifth. I Greenwood fifth. Wow. I mean, he's a very natural both-footed striker, dangerous in the box, can shoot from... As soon as he steps into the 18-yard line, the keeper should be ready for a ball to go into either the bottom right corner or the bottom left corner because it's going on frame and it's going to a corner. He's best as striker, though. But, like I said, potential in the future. You have to remember... You have Ronaldo and Cavani there. Ronaldo's probably going to be there, I'd say, three, four years. Right? Say Cavani, maybe two years. I mean, like, this is also partially predicting, but Ronaldo's going to be there three, four years. Ronaldo's not going to play out on the wing. He's not 20 anymore where he can just run, track back, do all that stuff. He's going to want to play through the middle. So that automatically pushes Greenwood out as a winger. And I don't think that's his best position at all because Greenwood, as good as Greenwood is, he doesn't create chances. He's not a good crosser and he's not excellent in possession. Uh, who cares when you're that good though? You know? Yeah. So that's what I'm saying is, is these next three, four years are going to be crucial to his development, but he's not going to be able to play in the role that he's best. So that for me is what pushed him down the list. Um, I see your I see your logic there. La- last season, though, whenever we saw what I think was um, statistically one of the best debut seasons in Prem history, I, I, was he playing striker that season? He was like interchangeable, mostly right out side. On, yeah, mostly out on the right. I don't know. I think yeah. I think he'll do fine. Whatever. whatever but then whatever you also have Jadon Sancho competing with him. And I don't you think also have. I don't think Sancho's going to take any minutes off of Greenwood. Sancho's better on the left anyways. It was, I still think that was an odd signing. But yeah. Um, I, I had him higher than Saka, actually. I had him first and Saka second. Really? Just I, dude, just like... I don't know. Goals don't come easy, man. Mason Greenwood scores them very easy. That's true. That is true. I, perhaps I was harsh to put him fifth. Maybe I should have put him fourth or third, but... I still think Curtis Jones and Saka are better, especially especially long term. Yeah, I mean, but, but so far, like proven wise, 
only Saka touches him on this whole list. Like mm-hmm. so from what they have done, regardless of potent- potential. Yeah, I think fifth was a bit harsh. I think I think Owen might have had him a little high too, or a little a little low. Oh no, he had him third. Still reasonable. But yeah. Alright, so in at first, Kyo Saka. To copy to conclude our list. I am happy with that. I mean he wasn't first in my list, but I'm happy with that. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, um not much to say. Second. It's a perfect player. Can't get better okay. than that. No weakness no. to his game. All strengths. I don't make the rules, man. He's he is a very crafty, natural, versatile creator who also can play defense. Already, as we established, top five right winger in the Prem. I think best at right mid because he can track back and contribute defensively because he is very good defensively. I think that's a nice. Well, I think just like Arsenal need that. They they need like not anymore, but I get I get what you're saying. Before um, Emery days last season, it definitely helped having him deeper. But I think now it's just holding him back. Fair enough. But yeah, no, great with layoffs. Smart cuts inside. Uh, good at picking out a person in the box. So yeah. Yeah, just needs to touch up on his finishing a bit, get a yeah. little more cynical. As, as, aside from Greenwood, I, I think every youngster, even Mount Foden, need to do that. Oh, pattern up on the finishing? Or get, yeah. Get, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Greenwood's probably the only one on here that really good at finishing. I guess Mount's probably... But see, that's the thing. Is like, that's what I'd say he's just about the only thing he's specifically good at. But it's not like he's just poaching, you know? He's just... No, you no, no, give, no. He, he doesn't create the ball. Goal. Yeah, you give him the ball in any position, he'll create, a, if not a goal, a great, a great chance out of it anywhere around the box. That's not yeah. easy to do. No, not at all. Especially on his own. Yeah. yeah I, but, but I do think him working with Ronaldo is going to help him so much because he and Ronaldo shoot the same. I've said that him, Chiesa, Ronaldo all shoot the same. Hard, low, accurately, bottom corner every time. So... I think that'll also help his growth, but I just think, like, being that young, yes, he's very, very good, right? But he's not going to get the minutes that he deserves because of that Manchester United team. Greenwood came through the academy. Sancho is Ole's signing. Ole is going to back his signing. To be fair, Greenwood hasn't lost much minutes to Sancho so far. Sancho has been pushed on the left in Rashford's absence. Once Rashford's back, I guess we'll see. Personally, I don't think Sancho deserves to take any minutes off of Greenwood. But I agree. We'll see what Ole thinks. I agree. I don't think that team needs more chances. I think it needs finishers. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see once I have Rashford out there. Maybe, maybe they'll need more chances. But yeah, that, that's, our, that's our best 20 and under Premier League list right there. Rohan, you can take us out. Well, thank you guys very much for joining us. Join us next week. I believe we will be trying to do a a Newcastle special episode, so be sure to join us then.